0: Hello and welcome to the Ramen Profitable Podcast. My name is Atish Mazumdar and I'm here with my co-pilot, the great and powerful Chris Scott. And this is the podcast about testing out your ideas, taking your first steps, and really overcoming those obstacles on the way to entrepreneurship. Enjoy.
1: There's a hotel up there now. What? Yeah, so it's booked till September, but there's a hotel up there now.
0: Oh geez, is it actually worth going to, given the fact that a lot of the that like the other side of the mountain, not the one that's visible from the drive up and uh, uh, from Tucson, but the, the other side of the mountain is completely scorched.
1: I have no idea. I don't know where it's at. I I really terrible with Mount Levin geography. Mm, yeah, me too. As I discovered when we went to Senoida,
0: <clears throat> and I just had like no idea where I was at. Did I tell you about my vineyard? Uh, Time in Sonora. Yeah.
1: You told me you tell me a little bit about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's um it's an interesting place, but it uh I don't know. Could you live somewhere like that?
1: Not now. No. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm a stickler for being able to go buy batteries and like two Right. Months. Right. Yeah, exactly. Oh D batteries. That's what I was supposed to pick up. Oh, uh, it's all that vitamin D talk we were talking about <laughs> distracted yeah, you. Exactly. Exactly. It's like I've I've been
0: meaning to get batteries. Do you ever have this? Okay. Let me Uh, I'll take this all the way back and we'll see if you have scenarios like this because now I'm buying D batteries for completely purposeless reasons, but now I'm kind of obligated to do so. So I'm doing it. Okay. So uh, did I tell you probably a couple months back that I like I really I hurt my back pretty bad. Yes. Yeah. So like I injured my back and I just wasn't doing very well. I wasn't able to work out. I wasn't able to do stuff. Like I was just completely stiffened up. So one of my friends from the gym, like not a guy who I see often. um, And it's not like we're, you know, really close buddies or anything like that. It's just like, he's a guy from the gym. I know him, you know, whatever. He gave me what's called a tens unit. A tens unit is this thing I think they have more advanced versions of them now, but I think the tens unit was one of the originals. So it's like uh, it kind of set the stage for better products, but now it's like the original of that type of product. So basically, you have two what's called leads, um, and you're probably familiar with those in the sense of like um, leads for uh, like an uh, a, a, an A. Sales. AED. No. <laughs> well, yeah, like that, like those kind of. Oh, things is this one well. of those
1: things where you like? put two patches on your body and it like stimulates the muscle.
0: Yes. Perfect. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it, so it runs, it works by running electric current and it does that this one because it's old. It's like one of the original things it's battery powered. And, uh, so you can crank up the intensity then and it'll, it'll basically electrically stimulate the muscle fibers around that area. And that purportedly helps. Well, so this guy at the gym, gives me his tens unit and he says, Oh, I think it just needs D batteries. And, uh, And, you know, it'll be good to go. But then then you can use it. So it's like, okay, perfect. I never ended up using it at all. Never once because, you know, like, uh, oh, I have to go get D batteries and I just never got the batteries and it just never happened. And by the time I, like, thought about it again, my back was fine. Like I'm doing okay. I'm able to stretch. I'm able to move all, all kinds of stuff. So the problem was gone. But now the problem is is that I have to get this thing back to this guy because he didn't tell me, like, oh, I need it back by X date or anything like that. He just, you know, eventually, I just have to give it back to him, right? But I can't give it back to him because uh, what he asked me one time in the gym, like, hey, did you try the TENS unit? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, works great. You know, whatever. Like, I just said that offhandedly because I'm an idiot. Like, I just, I just said that. So now... I need to give him back the tens unit with new D batteries in it because if I don't A it's it'll it'll it's one of two scenarios either A it'll look like I didn't actually use the fucking thing which I didn't uh, or B it'll look like I used it and then I took the batteries out before giving it to him so I'm like holding on to my D batteries you know what I mean which is also kind of odd So now I need to go out. I need to remember to go buy D batteries just to go put into this thing so I can go fucking return it.
1: Have you looked at it? Does it actually take D batteries or is that just something he said? Oh, I think it takes batteries.
0: Great question. Um, I should validate that it actually takes D batteries before I go buy D batteries. Also,
1: you might run into this problem because this kind of happened to me, but it it's not a big deal. I I bought a new camera recently mm-hmm. and it came with the flash. And the woman I bought it from, she left her batteries in the flash. Mm-hmm. And I guess she hadn't used the flash for years. And you know what happens when you leave batteries and something you don't use, it kind of erodes. Yeah. And then you can't use it anymore.
0: Oh, so the flash is unusable.
1: Right. i tried cleaning it out. I tried, you know, scraping the connectors. So there's like a new connection but it's yeah. not working anymore even with new batteries. So I would think it would be hilarious if that happened to this thing. Like, if
0: it actually doesn't work because it's had
1: batteries in it this entire time and the batteries eroded and eroded the connections so then even when you put new batteries in it doesn't even turn on. So then uh, knowing you you're going to go on Amazon or eBay and buy a used one. Yeah. And then buy new batteries and then return that one. So he knows. That you actually used it, even though you never did. Because this is the, these are the holes that Tish digs himself into.
0: I know. These are, these are the things. It's like just because for simple convention or like it's because I'm thinking of something else at the time because he asked me. And I, I could have just as easily have said, oh, actually, I haven't used it. Let me get that back to you. You know, whatever. I don't think that would have been a problem. Like that wouldn't have been an issue at all. But then for some reason, just because my mind's on something else or like I think I was changing out at the time. So I was putting on my gear or doing whatever. I was just like, oh, yeah, it's great. Like, I just said something offhandedly, but now, as a result of that, I'm down a path with this. Like, now I'm on a road with this TENS unit where I have to, like, pretend that I used it, which I didn't.
1: Yeah, so good luck with that.
0: Yeah, so so that's but one of the many things that has been uh, going on for me. And uh, you know what? Actually, most of them are um, based around that kind of nonsense. Like, that's kind of the stuff that's been going on with me. Like, for instance, last week... I had To cancel last minute because out of nowhere, uh, Tori was just like, uh, this was Saturday, Saturday night, yeah, Saturday night. It wasn't Friday night, right? Yeah, it was I Saturday think it, night. Wide of, out of you nowhere, sent me a text we, on Sunday? Uh,
1: because you were gonna do like a, yeah, a Zoom workout with your dad or something, right?
0: No, 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 I was gonna, some, okay, some CrossFit so, workout, some, no, 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 you got this, com- some hit h
1: i no. i t. Is that what it is?
0: High intensity interval training? No, we were not going to do that. Although my dad does want me to teach him how to like do different workouts and stuff like that, which is ridiculous because he's like a 70-year-old man. So, So I'm not saying working out is ridiculous, but it's like, why are you coming to me? What makes you think that I know how to work out as a 70-year-old man? I know how to work out as myself. That's it. And I barely even know how to do that. I'm not even the most efficient at doing that part. No, I was going to do like a several hour Zoom session with my dad because he is now going into, he does one semester just research and then one semester he's doing research and teaching. So he's going into his teaching semester next semester. So he wanted to like nail down Zoom and stuff like that because he is, like I said, 70 and bad at that sort of thing. Right. So he wants me to get on Zoom and like run through a bunch of scenarios like... Setting up his camera, setting up this, like doing polls, doing, you know, whatever on Zoom, which is all fucking obnoxious because, first of all, it's like I don't actually know how to do those things. I'm just better equipped to learn how to do those things than he is. So then, therefore, I have to, like, take up the responsibility of doing that. I have no idea why. But so then Saturday night, everything was, you know, Tori gets off work. She comes home. We, like, eat, go to bed, whatever. But then just about every – it started – aggressive paced at like every 20 minutes, but then from every 20 minutes, it turned into like every hour and then kind of longer from there. But she was just like waking up and puking like constantly. And I was like, and so then that's like waking me up. And at some point in time I had to start thinking, I was like, okay, when is this serious enough that I should
1: do something about
0: this? You know what I mean? Because like, I'm just helping her feel better. Can I, can
1: I guess the amount of pukes it took for you to say something?
0: Uh, what go seven, yeah, probably around there. Like, I was just like, oh, shit. Like, what if what if she actually needs medical attention or something like that? Like, should I be basically what I was questioning is, like, should I be more on top of this than I actually am? Because you know, I was.
1: were you just like, did you just like turn over and ignore it and pretend you were still asleep for those? No, s- of course six not. Six previous. That's- uh no. throw obsessions. Are you? No, I mean, well the first I don't, the first I don't couple I you. was
0: just like I was just like, Oh, are you okay? Like, you know, whatever. And then she says she's fine, she's doing her thing. So I was like, okay, well, she's good. All right, let me let me turn over. But then eventually, like, you know, it it was obvious that there was like a real issue at play. So that was just like daunting because it actually just like kept me up all night because I was like waking up all the time and then at some point I was just like feeding her ice because like she wasn't, it was bad for her to like drink too much water. And then when I realized that, you know, okay, this isn't, you know, that like, it's serious, but it wasn't anything like that humongously probably like, we don't need to take her to the emergency room or something like that. Like once that kind of stabilized, it was fine. But then I didn't realize how much I actually depend on getting sleep to function, like throughout my day to day, because I only got about like two hours of sleep. And then I had to like drive to the store and do stuff. And like, holy shit i just like was not a good functioning (laughs) member of society for such a long time so i just told my dad i was like look i'm not gonna do this today i'm not gonna do it like i I know you want to learn zoom let's do that some other time because i'm sure as fuck not gonna do that today so that was also unfortunately what happened with uh the podcast is i got oof what a terrible evening what a fucking terrible, I mean, the way it could have been worse is if I was personally vomiting, I feel like that experientially would have been worse, but otherwise, <laughs> um, but I could, I could use uh, your advice. A bunch of crazy shit is happening and uh, I could use some of that sage Chris Scott wisdom. Have Uh-oh. I, have I told you about things that are going on at work or are you unaware? Well,
1: this is what I know. Yeah, but it's been like a week so or two weeks. Yeah. It, might, it might be way different. Yeah, it is. Uh, somebody uh, unexpectedly quit. Yeah. Uh, unexpectedly quit. Someone else, uh, you're going to go work under your old boss from when you were previously right. employed there. Right. And you were very concerned about it because you thought right. they would just treat you like you were back in the day. Yeah,
0: exactly. So here's um, – and, and where this story is going is me mounting towards – A pretty big negotiation, a pretty big one. So I'm like trying to learn how to negotiate better on the fly, which is not great. Like, (laughs) ideally, I should have learned how to do this a long time ago. And I'm not sure how to. Okay, so I'll start back at the beginning. So to summarize, yes, my direct boss, who was a director. Uh, If that, you know, if anyone is climbing the corporate ladder and fucking needs to visualize this and where in the org chart this fucking happened. My boss was a director and he quit unexpectedly. I mean, there were some signs that he probably was getting like a little disinterested in his job and stuff like that. But it kind of came out of nowhere. And so he gives his notice. And so then the org is like scrambling to figure out what to do with everybody because I'm technically on a team, but nobody on that team does the same job I do. And my job for background is the only one that they actually care about. But like, it sounds, it sounds shitty to be like that, but it's like, it's true. The, the sales team gives me glowing reviews, says that I'm doing a great job, say that I'm really moving the needle for them in terms of what they can close and revenue and blah, 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 blah. Whereas the other members of my team, it's like one of them does some kind of stuff with price books, like, which is maintenance. It's just like, routine maintenance and then the other person has just had their role switched so many times that it's like it's not even clear what they do or, or, or that kind of thing even though everyone on my team was older than me and you know whatever so they basically break us all up and that we're all doing different shit but my expectation was keep doing what you're doing with major accounts you're doing great like your job is perfect keep doing what you're doing whatever I, of course, get a little antsy because I'm just like, oh, fuck, I'm going to start working for this person who I'm basically going to be invisible under again or whatever. That was what what I was concerned about, that it was like the first time I worked for this person at the org, I felt invisible. I felt like I was being passed up for shit and I felt like I wasn't doing the work that really I should be doing uh, or that I could be doing with my experience, with my skill level, blah, 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 all that kind of shit. So (sighs) then on top of that and this should tell you how fucked up of an organization this is on top of that, somebody else on one of the teams that's being managed by the person who's now managing me also quits because everybody wants to quit. Yeah. Well, basically it's like everybody wants to quit. Like now that the pandemic is kind of like easing its way out. Not everybody has to stay in jobs that they don't like. Like I, I feel like I might be wrong here but I feel and, and maybe this was true for your end as well, like during the real tightness of the pandemic, were you maybe more willing to take commercial work that you wouldn't normally do if it wasn't for if things didn't seem to be like tightening down around you?
1: Well, I mean, I did. I th- definitely had a, a few gigs that were just not fun, but they were work, yeah you know. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like we we all saw what was happening and we all like realized, I mean. Mind you, I was in a startup and I was like really stressed out at that startup and and I actually accepted to pivot jobs before the pandemic really locked down. So it's not like I saw the writing on the wall and, you know, whatever. But in that case, like, you know, I would have made a good move because I moved from a um risky sort of startup that I wasn't a top performer at anyways. So as soon as like funding gets cut and all that kind of stuff, I could have been out on my ass regardless. And I moved to a publicly traded company where I know that I kick ass. So Uh it was like, it was a safety move. You see what I'm saying? So like, so the same thing as you taking like commercial work, that's a safety move a lot or not, not commercial work in general, but more commercial work, like in the vein that you maybe normally wouldn't or something like that. It was a safety move. And a lot of people did that. Like a lot of people were like, oh shit, we don't know what's happening. I'm not going to quit my job or I'm not going to go pursue this or do XYZ. i Z. I'm going to stay with a locked down, like stable kind of job until things kind of clear up. Uh-huh. Well, now things are sort of clearing up and people don't want to take it anymore. People don't want to take shit anymore. So this person who managed a small team basically now is also quitting. So then lo and behold... They come fucking knocking on my digital door and they're asking me to manage these people now, but they want me to manage only the subsect of people that I already do in a sense. Anyway, so did I complain to you about how they, they are, I'm already filling the role so they wouldn't need to pay me for it. Did I yeah, tell you that whole thing? Yeah,
1: probably. And that Sounds involved like something you would say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that involved, um, that other employee who I'm not going to discuss right now, but one that you're very familiar with that I think is an underperformer and needs to be booted
1: out. Uh Uh-huh. So you would have to manage that guy now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Except he's also quitting. (laughs) You got what you wanted. I mean, I guess, I guess, but it's like the problem is now. So they want me to manage that small team. And in fact, uh, I am currently because it was a dumb proposition because what they're asking me to do is stuff that I was already doing. Oh. I already prioritized their work because I need it back in order to do my shit. So I already was prioritizing the work. I was already teaching them how to do stuff. Or in the case of that one guy, I was just doing stuff because he's too fucking incompetent to do anything and has no drive, has no, like, he's just okay coasting. Like, I've never met anybody who's like that. Like, Most people are ambitious. Like, whatever we're doing, we're going to try and be the best at whatever we're doing. This guy is just totally okay coasting. He just wants to show up, do not even eight hours of work. He wants to do, like, six hours of work or five hours of work, and then the rest is all cushion.
1: And he wants to leave. But anyways. I think that's more common than you think.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. I think I just don't understand that because I'm too – I'm like, oh, my God. What if I'm not – you know, becoming everything I could, what if I go to my deathbed and I'm, I'm visited by all the visions of all the people that I could have been, if I had just applied myself, like you're, maybe you're right. Maybe most people aren't, aren't insane. (laughs) I was going to say subject to those, uh, those particular, uh, uh, anxieties, but we'll go, we'll go with yours, whatever. Um, (laughs) no, but, um, but i was already prioritizing their work i was already teaching them stuff i was already doing difficult upstream calculations and like modeling and stuff like that for them to do their work so in my estimation i already basically was the only stuff i wasn't doing was all the annoying um supervisory hr kind of stuff
1: uh-huh so you like know? giving them reviews and yeah like and if we're gold doing ones
0: and and career yeah. pathing them and shit like that so basically what the proposition is Is that, look, we don't do promotions uh, mid-year, is what they're telling me, which is bullshit. If you really wanted to, you would. Well, the only reason that there is any validation to that is that my mid-year review is already in. We are supposed to be doing our mid mid like we're actually, (laughs) our managers are doing them next week. So... By the time this whole thing became an issue and that they were proposing that I take over managing these people, this small team, my mid-year review is already in. That said, you could always overwrite that. I don't think that there's any fucking pro- like, That's not my problem. That's your problem. But whatever. Right. But luckily, we are in the same place where, and I'm, I'm bearing the lead here, I'm actually not looking for a promotion for the first time ever, which is interesting. Um, but I'll get there. So they're saying, "Oh, we don't do promotions mid-year, you know, whatever." Well, so what we'll do is we'll give you a spot bonus, and we'll negotiate over what that spot bonus should be valued at. And then at end of year, if you've hit all your targets and all that kind of stuff, we'll discuss it. Like a, we'll do a formal promotion and like a raise. Here's my counter, and here's what um, I'm I'm trying to like process and I'm trying to make this a really like good negotiation moving forward. So here's what I'm, I'm trying to pitch. I don't want a promotion. I do want more money, but I don't want a promotion. You guys need somebody who can manage these people. And so far I've actually been doing a fine enough job at it. The thing is, is they want to formalize this role. I suspect because A, they need somebody to formally hold that role because they can't just say nobody is doing it, right? Right. Somebody has to be doing it. But B, because they need to get performance out of these people and if nobody is managing them, like if I say, oh, I don't want to do that, like, no thank you, then they don't have anybody to hold on the hook to get performance out of these people. So they need somebody to be tied to their metrics and all that kind of stuff. Okay, okay here's what I'm going to counter. I don't want to be a people manager. Not really. Like I'm fine running a team and stuff like that. But when I think about it, I actually am trying to deepen my skill sets because I'm trying to apply it elsewhere. I'm not trying to become a, when you become a people manager, you have to be more focused on, you know, building the team and how are we all doing? And like, um, there seems to be, good performance here, but low performance here. Let me try it. Let me coach this person to be a high performer. Let me do X, Y, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, and we also have to strategize. How could the team be doing better and all that kind of stuff? Eh. I'm, that That kind of stuff occupies you and then becomes your career. But that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to learn the skills like, okay, how do we actually fulfill orders? How do we tactically do this? How do we do supply chain planning? Because then that kind of stuff I can take back home and can be applied to my fistful of 15 pills. Do you see what I'm saying? Like so many pills, so many pills, but it's like, you can build yourself a real world education and then apply it elsewhere. But here's my other thing. Here's my, here's my kind of thought. And this is also, this would be crucial because this would open the door for my larger project that I haven't announced in the podcast. You and I have talked about it. Um, but it would open the door for my larger project. I say, I don't actually work for sales ops. You guys happen to sign my checks, but I really work for sales. I I get them through the government process so smoothly, and like I, I work out all the kinks, and I dot the I's, cross the T's, and I spot problems before they happen. So I would say, I'm actually driving cleaner and faster revenue i'm keeping data integrity high and i'm actually more assisting the sale like i am part of the sales process for major accounts now so my proposal is don't give me a spot bonus don't give me a raise at the end of the year instead sales ops will keep paying me whatever i'm paid now but then i want a quarter of a percent of every deal that i grease the groove and get through the process that'll come out of the sales side of the budget with that, because that'll be like, not to be gauche, but that would be a significant amount of money. A quarter of a fucking percent would be huge. Um, so those are the kind of contracts that I'm working on with that. Then I don't have to give up majority because my current business plan that I've been putting out to people, I've been trying to copy the elephant scout one, basically the problem is, is with that, to get the money that I need to start up the big project that I'm kind of uh, really excited about, in order to get that money, I would have to give up majority shares on this idea because I don't have any money to put in. I have a very small amount that I'm able to actually execute on. So the amount of money that I'd need to raise, the only thing I can give them is equity in the company but because they're putting more money into the company. I think we talked about this last, not last week, but last time. I think we did off mic. Off mic. Okay. Yeah. So, so basically I want to reduce that. So if I can start to flow my own cash into the project, then I can actually hold on to more stake in my own company. Like not just the intellectual property because the intellectual property is obviously the highest valued thing without it. You don't, but at this stage, it's unvalidated, untested, and anyone can steal it. Right. Like a- anyone, can, anyone can take that idea. So my intellectual property isn't, as, isn't worth as much as the capital that I need to raise it because that is what's change, what would define it as something that would then be my idea first. So this is my idea. This is my long-term plan. I need to get percentages on the sales that we're making currently, which I believe I should be entitled to anyways, but I'm not going to present it like that because then I can actually start moving forward with big project two, And, uh, and I can be a little bit more self-sustaining. I wouldn't need as much income to
1: to flow into that. Is that a common thing to happen in? Fortune well, five companies, fortune 500. I don't know what fortune they are, but I don't know either. <laughs> but is that like a um, common practice that happens amongst, uh, you know, certain employees. I mean, I understand commissions, but is that something yeah. that... Well, so here's here's a... Uh, the great part is, is I actually have somebody to
0: model this after. So there's a I, couple of people. It's
1: not Tim Ferriss, is it? No. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I could somehow four-hour work week this situation, that'd be great, actually. Um, no, there's a couple of other people who work with the major account sales team who are what's called overlay employees. An overlay employee is somebody who is officially in this department, but they are overlaid into another department as well. Like you, like me, exactly. Uh, but this person, for instance, is a subject matter expert in a certain one of our product lines. I won't be specific because it'll tell you where I work. (laughs) So they're, they're, they are, um, they're the subject matter expert in that product line. And in the major account space, you need to bring in experts to handle these types of things because the salesperson has to be so adept at driving the sale forward and all the other intricacies of that that they can't learn all the facts that go with this product line or something like that or how to competitively sell it because it would basically – the time expenditure would detract from them handling the rest of it. So this guy, Mark, is brought in and he pitches to them and he kind of gets them acquainted and he gets them whatever. And then if the sale goes through, he gets a percentage of that sale. So it's exactly what I'm talking about. We have another person, Tiffany, who does the same thing, different product line. What I'm saying is that I'm just a government procurement specialist. I'm the guy who you bring in once we get to like 75% of the way there. And I get you to 100%. I know how these government systems work. I know how to kind of basically fit a square peg into a round hole because the way that we sell our products isn't the way that the government buys them. So we have to like do this whole fucked up thing. We have to present at city council. We have to do all this kind of stuff. I'm an expert at that. So what I say is like I'm some kind of technical deal manager. I should get a little percent. I should get a little, a little something. Can't can a tish get a lick? You know, I just want a lick. Can I get a lick?
1: Uh, don't, don't say that. That's weird. Uh, first off, congratulations on calling yourself an expert.
0: Oh yeah. yeah all right. Hey, all right. Good I'll job I'll tush, it, good job that that uh, one just like kind of slipped off the tongue, but you know yeah, what? That, that you, was, that was huge. For me. That was yeah. big.
1: That's a big moment. That's all uh, crack open a beer. Uh, yeah. next question I have is how often are these overlay people involved in the sale? Is it, it's not every sale, is it? Or no. is it, it's like, like every fifth sale, every other sale, four times a year.
0: That's a good question. I'm, I'm hoping to find that out myself, but based on, I would say it's decently high. It's pretty frequently.
1: All right. So I, I think if it's uh, on the high side, I think this pitch is a, you know, probable thing. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not really any, you know, I guess that it is a loss of revenue, but it's also kind of like a, a common Thing that happens for them, it's not like I have. It's not coming out of their pocket. It's coming off the top of what's coming in, right? That that makes sense. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's that's kind of the thing. There's there's pros and cons to this, right? And here's what I'm trying to avoid. So the the pro to this is that hey, look, sales ops, which is what I work in, they love to stay budget favorable. That's the huge thing. We all we we gotta stay under budget. We all gotta stay under budget. Everyone, stop traveling and turn the lights off. Like we gotta stay under budget. That sort of thing. So in this case, my boss just quit. There's a huge amount of money that we could use in the budget, and so did this other person who now I'm taking over for what they were doing. They also quit. There's a lot of money available in the budget. I'm not going to touch it that's for you guys to fucking do whatever you want with. If you want to stay budget favorable, if you want to stay if you want to invest back into the business and hire more people because you're going to need to uh you know, do that. My money will now my overlay money will come from somewhere else and it does come from this revenue slice. Basically, the money coming in, you just get a little slice out of it. Mm-hmm. A quarter of a percent. I so I was talking to um and this is so, th- so those are kind of the positives about it. the negative or the thing, the thing that I think they're going to locate is like, how am I going to justify? Because what I do does smooth everything out and does uncomplicate things and makes the sale go to some extent. But how am I going to justify that I am part, one of the driving reasons behind collecting this revenue? Because uh-huh. that's ultimately what sales is, is that if, if, if you're selling the deal, that is so necessary – that the company then gives you a percentage of that value. That's called commission. So how do I justify to the org that I'm important enough to this process that I should get a percentage? That's, that's my main problem that I'm kind
1: of working with right now. Oh, go back to when they first called you to come back? Yeah, I mean, right? Look what you happens that- at, You know, from one quarter to the next, you have those numbers available to you, right?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, I I can pull. Yeah, that was like Q4 2019 and Q1 2020. I can pull that and just kind of see what, like, maybe we compare Q1 of this year versus Q1 of that year. Or just all the quarters until you show up. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's it, the, the problem is, is that it's hard to say whether or not, because also like 2020, we were ramping into a pandemic. We were doing all kinds of it's like there's so many confounding factors, but that's how you would position it. Basically, like look at the success of the team on these quarters versus the ones where I wasn't here.
1: Right. But also you had a CFO call you up or whomever called you up. CRO. Yeah. CRO call you up and say, hey, come back. We need you.
0: Man, you are uh, I'm impressed. you're a steel trap with this kind of
1: information. Oh, you just got to remember the important things, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean fair, fair. Yeah, that was that was the important stuff, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I suppose that's fair. I, I mean, that's a really good way to think about it. And it's like I'm trying to make it not such an ostentatious demand or anything like that, but at the same time, that would allow me to continue doing my job the way that I'm doing it currently probably expectations would shift a little bit, but like it would enable me to do my job currently, but then also basically buy back stake in my own company
1: like faster. Right. It'll, it'll help you feel better about all the hard work you did for no reason. Well, and that <laughs> and that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> here's, here's
1: yeah. Uh, here's my question. What happens if they say no?
0: Well, if they say no, that, I mean, that's a really good question because if they say no, honestly, I'm not really incentivized to take over managing the small unit. Right. It's not a one-to-one thing. It's not that I wouldn't do it or anything like that, but it's like, well, then my purposes aren't being served because my purposes ultimately are to make the money such that I can like, essentially if I can lease the place, like that's that, that like, I'm just looking to have startup. Right,
1: right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, Yes.
0: So obviously I don't want to pitch this to them like that because that would be a dumb idea. I can't, re- I can't reveal that.
1: Well, no, you can't say, hey, I need you to pay me this amount of money so I can go start my own business and leave it. Again. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's like – but at the same time, it's like, look, you guys want me to – because you they, – they literally have nobody. They don't have anybody who could take over management of this team because they don't have anybody who knows how to actually do that job anymore. I'm the last gun in the valley in that fucking sense. And so they need me to do that. And it's like, I'm more than happy to do that. And I don't even want to get paid for that though. I'll do that. We'll consider that pro bono. That'll be considered free. I want to get paid for the work that actually what I feel, this is basically me optimizing this time that like, look, I feel like we need to rethink the way that we're doing my compensation currently. Mm-hmm. basically this is just an opportunity to start that conversation right so if they say no that's kind of the question right like what 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 would you say i do so so for instance What would like a an analogy? I'm gonna I'm gonna not even try to make this. Analogous. Don't make an
1: analogy. No, don't do that. But what sounds like you have nothing to gain and nothing to lose, really. I mean, you do have yeah. a lot to gain, but you. It seems like if nothing happens, you're ha- perfectly happy where you are. No yep. extra tasks, no extra money. You're happy. You're content at where you are at right now.
0: Well, I'll give that a caveat. Like it is extra work managing these people and all that kind of stuff but mostly just because now I have to do so many more dumb meetings. So really it's just it's just a time suck and it's like well my time is the most valuable thing to me. Like the rest of this stuff, you know, my my tasks and what I have to accomplish in a day, I don't really care about that. It's the time that I care about.
1: Well, in, in regards to managing a team, I would take it as an opportunity to delegate tasks that you do so they can do them so you have more time to do things that you should be doing
0: yeah the problem is is that one i've only it's a it's going to be a two to three person team right one person isn't hired yet one person is pretty new and therefore doesn't know how to do a whole lot of shit and the other person is that person who i fucking don't like who uh quitting. is quitting he's an idiot and and is quitting which is like hallelujah but that means i've got two new people who won't know how to do which that. means so I need
1: to no, they, no 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 they don't know what they're not doing they just they're they're fresh meat they're uh they're you know moldable clay that you can you know transform into people, to employees yeah. that aren't tainted by other departments. That's to true. become uh, employees that would most uh, benefit you in the future. They're not going to be like, I don't have to do this. I used to work with you. You do right. it for me.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Like so I come this, in initially from a position of authority, almost.
1: Exactly one, two. You can be like, oh yeah, this is what you know. This idiot did the one you replaced. <laughs> But, you know, if you do it this way, it'll be more efficient. It'll be more beneficial to me. It'll be more beneficial to the company. So you can, like, implant these seeds with new employees and get them on the right track faster as opposed to going through a year of what you went through just to get them to your page. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, skip that whole thing. Like, there's Mm going to be like a company handbook probably that they're going to want to follow. But it probably doesn't work anymore.
0: It's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, It needs to be updated.
1: It needs to be done in a way that benefits you. Also, if they learn these new skills that you have acquired on your own, maybe it'll make it easier for you to bounce when your ideas kick off. So what you're saying is you're
0: looking at this as an opportunity, not as like a time suck, but you're looking at this as an opportunity to basically divest more of my skills and more of my experience such that they hold it and i can trust them with more stuff and then therefore they can actually relieve stuff from
1: from from you giving you more time
0: yeah that's a that's a good point
1: also it's a skill you probably need to learn if you want to go into business for yourself because you Uh, can't yeah you can't do everything all the time especially if you're working and running a business and making pills and doing jujitsu and
0: and making pills (laughs) you know yeah, I was afraid you were going to say that because and
1: rebuilding blenders, whatever, whatever else you're doing.
0: Yeah, that's true. I, I am doing a lot. I was afraid you were going to say that because I started uh, looking into like how running an Amazon drop shipping thing works. Um, for 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 the pills, I'm not, but like reapproaching because it seems like that's the way people sell these days. Is or a lot of people are taking advantage of the online marketplace platform that already exists and then using that to to kind of just plug in their products and simplify that but of course they still have to create their own sales funnel and they have to still attract people in but they kind of have the logistics handled by amazon so i was kind of considering that um but i of course don't know anything about that
1: right and amazon's the worst but also necessary evil but it's, yeah, there's also that whole conflict. And it's just like, look, I finally actually have tangible physical
0: pills in my hand, which is nice. Um, but now it's like, okay, now I want to do something. Right. To a degree. So I'm trying to like figure that aspect out now. So it's I'm actually happy that I've gotten myself to this point because this is already, you know, a point that would have never occurred in previous versions of myself or, or you know, in past years. But now it's like, oh shit. It's, it's like what happens when a, do- when a dog actually catches up to a car. You know what I mean? They're just like barking and chasing. And then what happens when they actually get it? It's like, oh, fuck. I need to uh-huh. figure that out.
1: So it's so, been. Uh, 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 so, yeah. So I think uh, don't look at the building the team as a, a burden, but like a, a tool that you can use for future growth. Maybe not even within the company, but let's say you get your team up to par with doing what you're doing, basically. So you. Yeah are just, you know, checking off a checklist, making like double, you know, crossing T's, dotting I's, stuff like that. Sure. Like your team, you know, pr- creates that document, whatever it is that gets shipped to city council so they can talk to mayors and blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. You get it. See, you get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that Wouldn't that uh, leverage you to be in a position to be like, hey, this is what I did with my small team of three people of misfits, mm. just like the Mighty Ducks, you know, send me over to distribution or, uh, you know, revenue operations, whatever. I don't understand your company, but like, I mean, you're, let me, doing,
0: you're doing a much better job than you think you are. I'll tell you that right but now. Let me,
1: let me, uh, can I learn some things here? Can I, you know, I think yeah. I can, I can add this to this department, you know, and then you, you're becoming a team player.
0: That's true. Yeah. See, see, and that's kind of the thing is I'm I want to learn that stuff because it's like I have this reliance on or not this reliance, but I have this thought that I rely on the Amazon platform to drop ship because it handles basically all of those logistics and and, um, like kind of order planning for you. But if I actually learn how to do that myself, well, then do I need anyone to be taking a cut? Do I need anyone to be taking percentages off of off of my sales? Probably not.
1: Well, all right. Question. If someone, let's say you go online, your, your product's available Mm -hmm. and you you sell it through Amazon. Let's say like a hundred people buy it and Amazon just deals with it all. They have like a shelf with your product. They pack it up. They get it in two days. Yeah. You you cut out Amazon because you can do it because you know all about how the mail works and how boxes work and how, how like bubble wrap works. And sure. like taping a box closed And making a label I do know how to tape a box And I know then how to tape a uh, box. you know driving that box To the post office or getting a stamp And putting the stamp on the box And dropping it off and hoping it gets there When it gets there Yeah. Alright now imagine doing that a hundred times Every day of the week Even the weekends And then think about when your product Takes off and you're doing it a thousand times a day
0: Yeah you're right That's not sustainable. Like I would need a staff and I would need like a warehouse in that case. Right. Which is what Amazon is,
1: which is a necessary Mm. evil,
0: which is the worst. Okay. 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 So what you're saying is
1: stop trying to break apart blenders and fixing it.
0: You're right. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm so like, um, allergic to giving out my money to other people that I, uh, that I basically don't I'm trying to like take on more burdens just to avoid that. Right. But it seems, yeah, yeah, no, so you're right.
1: A definite uh, mind shift needs to happen with you. It's, it's all right. You remember your hourly rate. You seems like you've forgotten all about it. Uh, I mean, I know it. It's just like this. Is, uh, Go back up yeah. to whatever it is. What did I leave it at? 12, 1200 an hour.
0: You made it something really ridiculous, though. That was the problem. It's like you you made my hourly rate like like nothing falls right. under that.
1: Here's my uh, follow-up to that. If you were to get this quarter of a percent yeah. on these deals, would your hourly yeah. rate be 1200 bucks an hour? Yeah. Then shut up. <laughs> it's not ridiculous. What I'm saying is not ridiculous at all. You're about to go ask a company for this pay raise. Yeah. And you're telling me I'm ridiculous for giving you this ridiculous number?
0: I... Uh... Yeah, I okay. Well, when you phrase it like that, it, it seems odd. But but that's what I'm saying is that like it. Ha- yeah, okay. The only reason I'm putting it that way though is because I'm I'm assuming the freedom that it would buy me to have that much money. You see what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, you're right though. Yeah, I mean you you are right though because it's like I need to be making decisions as if I was like
1: yeah yeah that's true. All right. And then I had something else and I lost it. Uh, So many tangents. So, all right. Another idea with, uh, we'll we'll talk about that one later. I'll remember that one. So let's say they say no to your proposal and you don't do anything and you don't want to manage the team. And you just sit in your box and you do your own thing. Right. I think that's going to make you, like that video I sent you, the toxic the co-worker. toxic impo-
0: yeah 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 yeah, yeah so so you think it's best to kind of so so what would your you're you're saying I should just make an alternate proposal,
1: I think you should have a plan b uh, available, I think my plan you- b is a tenth of a percent
0: I'm willing to like a quarter of a percent would be awesome, a tenth of a percent seems reasonable, um I just don't want to go that i I want to pitch a quarter of a percent first,
1: right, maybe uh. Maybe a little bit more than that, like maybe doing half a percent, and then they'll cut it in half.
0: Oh, oh! So you're saying start higher so that when and they cut, that, they cut to a quarter, which is my go rate, anyways.
1: Right, or even if they cut to a tenth, you're just like, oh, all right, I'll take it. Like you're still, happy. I still
0: got my tenth, yeah. And then I, like, yeah. yeah, okay. See, that's that's a good jumping off point. Okay, but.
1: But the way this all needs to be framed, though, is that you are for the company. It sounds like right now it's it's super transparent that you're just trying to get money out of your company so you can quit, just like everybody else.
0: (laughs) Just like everybody else.
1: This sounds like you're trying to squeeze some big money out of this company so you can bounce whenever you want.
0: Uh, I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> but that's this
1: is this is how it appears. That's and why that
0: and therefore the negotiation wouldn't work because it's it's obviously a cash grab. Right.
1: That's what you're saying. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I need to come up with reasons that this makes sense for the business as well. Right. Well, here's my primary reason. Here's the number one thing that I can think of. A, we're creating budget favorability in sales ops where you need it. B, I am demonstrating I'm I'm not, it's not just what. Atish now is doing for your company. It's not just what I'm doing for your company. It's also, I am a proof of concept. See, what the organization doesn't realize is they have me for major accounts doing the thing that I do. They don't have somebody for the other teams, the other. I represent just the, the best of the best in the sales team. I work for them. Everybody else needs somebody like me. They just don't know it. Mm-hmm. Things would be going better. My, my hypothesis is that things would be going better if that there was somebody in my position to do the job that I do for the rest of the sales teams. So what I'm kind of pitching to them isn't just, hey, let me do this work and get paid more, basically. It's let's formalize what I actually do and have been doing for this sales team for a long time. I have never stopped where my job description stops. Mm-hmm. I always am doing more. It's not in my job description to be, you know, getting on the phone with these agencies and spending five days with them to, like, articulate. I do that because I'm here to make the deal go through. But that's not in my job description. I do it anyways. So, and this gets back, to this is where that kind of um, Gary Vaynerchuk, jab, 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 right hook sort of concept comes into play. Is that, look, I've been giving, giving, giving. Here comes my ask. So what my ask is, is like, Let's make this a pilot study. Let's do next year where I w- work as an overlay for the major account sales team. And then I'll also hold down. I'll manage this team here. But I mostly work for the major account sales team. Just the way that I have been for years. Like this, mm-hmm. th- there's that isn't a change. But we're going to show, we're going to demonstrate through metrics that I still have to come up with that I haven't come up with. <laughs> we're going to demonstrate that with a person like me running the position that I am, we're able to drive cleaner and more replicable replicable revenue faster. So more money, cleanly organized, quicker to the company. That's what I'm saying. That's what I deliver. Is it going to be a, mar- a wide margin like what the sales reps put up, like where you know, our top performing sales rep is bringing in like uh, 30 to – to 60 million a year, no, 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 no. It won't be that big of a difference. But if we scale this, what I do across the entire organization, I think that will make a big difference. That's my pitch. Right. Now I need to commit numbers to that. Like I need to say 10% growth or 10% year over year growth or some shit like that, which I don't have any figures to make any of those numbers on. But that's ultimately my pitch. It's not just pay me more money to keep doing the job that I'm doing, which would be great. <laughs> what What's I'm the- saying is the job that I do doesn't have a role here at this company. Like you you guys made up a position for me to fall into, and then I've exceeded expectations on that. Make this a job, and it will drive value to you. That's what I'm kind of saying.
1: Right. Yeah, I think, I think I think you have I think you do have metrics. It does. Uh, it still feels the same, but I think with some more numbers, yeah, you'll you'll feel better. It. Yeah, you'll massage it just a little bit. But um, yeah, I think
0: is that a little less transparent?
1: Um, it sounds like <laughs> it, no, it's not less transparent. You're like it's, no, it's no, not. it's just uh, as transparent. Okay. Um, it's uh, right. I, yeah you I, I think you should lead with the how you provide value to the company how your value yeah. can increase the company's revenue I think your value you should be able to figure out a way to share your uh, expertise so you're not so it's not just falling on you because it does seem yeah. like there's a funnel happening and we've talked about funnels before because um, yeah there's
0: a major bottleneck that's for sure yeah. I, I agree with you there there's a major bottleneck.
1: And I think if you can manage a team and get your team to help the smaller exchanges, yeah. you know, or find people in the company that you can get to work with the team you're managing to kind of do what you do, but on a smaller scale, I think that would yeah. probably show value. D- and delivery of value. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And how, oh yeah, I can, you know, expertly deliver this sale of $30 million as yeah. well as a sale for $10,000. Right. Yeah.
0: No, that's, that's, that's definitely true. I think, I think that's a good point there. And
1: so that should, that should be your uh, first priority it should be, I want half a percent for the sales that I work on.
0: Yeah. So I keep okay. my
1: position. I will manage the team if you want, but I don't think I should. I don't think I should. I think I should. Yeah. <laughs> and if they say no, that's not going to do it. You need to go, well then, Hey, this is what I want. I want, to add yeah. more more people to my team. I want to delegate yeah. more tasks to more people. And you handpick yeah. people from the company already picked out that you kind of like already yeah. that you go play kickball with, or I assume you play kickball. <laughs> no,
0: I, I to be honest with you, I'm gonna be very honest with you. My first year here, I did join the company kickball team just to like, I need to meet some people, whatever. Then I realized all the people who exist on that company kickball team those are the idiots of the org that i actually don't like being around like the people who actively spend their which which sounds fucked up right but it's like the people who are actively spending their free time like doing the company events and stuff those are the people who don't have a lot going on yeah so it was it was something that i had to learn real early really quick they don't have anything going on but okay here's my more dangerous question Is my next question. It also involves a pitch. It's risky, very risky. Next week, I'm going to spend some time with some very, very wealthy people. Some of whom are connected within the like. Some of whom work for the same company. Some of whom who don't. They would all make great investors into my project number two. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? Is it too big of a, is it too close to home? Is it, is it a bad idea to kind of, you know, I think it, like, if
1: it's a, if there's context for your idea to be presented, I don't think it's a bad idea. Okay. If, if, if you're all just chatting and you're all, you know, smoking your cigars in the steam room, yeah. I, I have no idea where you're, what you're doing or where you're going, but I assume that's what you'd be doing after your, your kickball games. There are no
0: kickball games, damn it.
1: <laughs> Just uh, casually bring it up. You're like, oh, I remember yeah. when I was your age. I was trying to do this, this, and this, and be like, oh yeah. Speaking of that, I'm trying to do this.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, so here's here's the context for context. Like, we're gonna be working all day together. Like, dur- but then we're also there's like dinners and shit like that. I figure, you know, if people get to chatting about like, hey, what are you what are you up to? What are you doing these days? You know, whatever. Maybe had a couple drinks. You know might be might be a decent time. It's a little close to home because the, some of these people still work for the same company that I do. But they also work for themselves. That's the thing. Sales reps work for themselves. Like right. it's not this whole thing about me delivering more value to the company and stuff. That's the kind of shit that you have to get you have to do when you work in any field that's not sales. When you work for sales, it's like, yeah, I sell deals, pay me. Right. Like that's it. Yeah. Because you need someone who can sell deals. So if you can sell deals effectively, The org will play ball with you. It just becomes a negotiation like that for everybody else. It's all about like, Oh, well here's how I deliver more value and how I do more stuff. Like that's the negotiation, how it has to be. So I don't really feel the same risk talking to these people about that because it's like at the end of the day, I think they have the mindset that they work for themselves. Uh Do you think that that's too big a risk? Do you think it's a bad idea?
1: Well, I guess my only concern would be are any of these people, they're probably not loyalists. the people. Uh, not that they're loyalists, but are they the people? I feel like no salesman is a loyalist. No. Uh,
0: as soon as the well dries up, they'll fucking move yeah, on to the next. thing. They're moving thing. on to the next shit. thing. Yeah. yeah,
1: they're probably looking right now for other jobs. They're like, oh, we're gonna make <laughs> a bigger commission on top of. Yeah, my, yeah, they're
0: like, they're like, oh, this is uh, you know. Uh, uh, this is like 5% on multi-millions. How do I make 10% on billions? Like how do I get into military contracting? That's the next fucking I sold
1: 30 million last year. Where can I sell 40? Right. Exactly. Where can I sell 60 so I can get my 5% of that? Jesus. Yeah. Uh, good Lord. Uh, I assume none of these people will be involved in your, uh, negotiation with the company you are currently with. No, one of them
0: is giving me tips as to how one of them, um, In fact, the top closer of the company is the one who got me thinking like this because I was telling him, like we were just chatting, you know, whatever. And I was saying, yeah, they want me to manage this team. They want me to do this. And he was just like, he was telling me, like he was like, well, they don't appreciate the value that you actually bring. He's like, they obviously think that you're just some like data guy who's really good with numbers, who's able to organize stuff effectively and whatever. He's like, but that's not the actual value that you deliver. The value deliver is when we had to deal with XYZ customer and um, they were going, they were saying that they were going to have to put this out to an RFP or we were going to have to like basically the sales cycle would have to go back out to the community. And then because you creatively positioned it the way that you did, we actually just went straight to city council and we were able to close within five business days and that Uh sort of thing. So he's like the the value that you add is actually the revenue that you're driving, but nobody's taking account for that. So it's so that's kind of the thing. It's like this guy's helping me see through where I should do yeah. things and then yeah. articulate that.
1: Yeah, definitely talk more about revenue and all the sales. Yeah, Every, everybody loves that. Everybody I don't loves know. That. so well. Business people love that. I think I think what happens with giant corporations, especially with employees, especially the farther down the the pole you go, yeah, they're, they're just machines. They're just
0: yeah, you're just a machine. Yeah, you're an input output machine. Right, yeah. and
1: and. You know, they only see big picture and they don't really understand the the minutia of everyone's task, mm-hmm. nor do yeah. they care to learn. They just want to see what's coming in, what's going out. Yeah. Are we on budget? Are we in the red? Are we in the green? Are we, you know, they only care about big things. And I think if you position your position, leverage your position as one that brings in giant revenues, yeah, your, your pitch should be easy to should be an easy one to say yes to.
0: Yeah, I think that that's uh, – and that was what what um, this top sales rep was saying who's like, dude, a quarter of a percent? Like he was like, they don't care about that. Ask for it. Like at, at the end of the day, that is a good deal to make. Uh-huh. So I was like, okay, cool. So then here's kind of my idea is then I know how much money because I started looking into um, like professional – into Jesus? Oh,
1: no, Lisa's. Uh,
0: Oh, Lisa's. No, no, no. I mean, yeah, I am looking into that as well, but first I would want to get, because it's easier to get uh, Flow Roll off the ground and running
1: uh at
0: this stage. Like, I don't have, how do I say this? It's not the same caliber of idea, personally, I don't think. Like, the, the more and more comfortable I'm getting with the space, it's like supplement brands are kind of a dime a dozen. I think that mine is Blue Ocean, and I think mine differentiates Um, pretty well. But at the end of the day, like supplements are kind of a a pretty saturated field. My other idea requires more startup money. But I think that one is the is the major major. But I think that flow roll has great applications and great purpose to it too. And it could be a good start. It's like it's a great like low barrier of entry for a, uh, uh, a stream of income like an an entirely separate stream of income. I think it'd be a great start starting stream of income because I don't need to make, especially if I'm okay. So now my hourly rate, I'm observing my hourly rate and I'm going through Amazon's platform. They have a drop shipping platform. They already have something built up. Like maybe I do, if I give them a cut, maybe it's not that big, but then I'm starting an, a revenue stream for myself, Uh a different, a second income stream without burdening my time too terribly. Um, And I kind of already have the balls rolling on this. So like my first tranche, like if I was able to secure this money, my first tranche, it's like, oh, uh, Google, uh, like a website, Google advertisements, Instagram advertisements, whatever, and set up like a basic sales funnel and just see if I can get away with that. See if I can get some sales going off of that. If I do, and I mean, obviously local sales, like I'm uh, uh, tomorrow, I'm giving away some, Stuff. Didn't I tell you that my plan right now was to give away half?
1: Right. Something like that.
0: Which is like, it's tough for me to do because of course now I'm putting a dollar value to every, to all of the stuff that I have. With, but like.
1: What are you going to do What's with a thousand pills?
0: Are you spe- are you saying that literally or figuratively? Like, like rhetorically?
1: Like, like keeping it, hoarding it. What, what
0: Right. Exactly. Like I already have enough that I could. It hurts my margins on this first one for sure, this first run. but I'm not really I don't care about this first run. i use or I do, but I use this off of bonus money that i that I had. so my idea is that if I could just get more people locally at least thinking about it or like talking about it or just like give them shit to have, then may I have a better chance of selling the back half uh-huh. you know when when they want more when they want to come back and you know whatever, or if they tell their buddy about it or something like that right. If I get a significant amount of money, which this deal would allow me to do, then I can actually, I want to start pushing it online like hard. And so that would kind of be my first tranche. And then moving off of that, I would really like to start funding big project idea number two, but I want to start up my revenue stream with FlowRoll, especially now that I have product. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like something I actually want to start uh, pushing that through, but we shall see. We shall see. Should I? Oh, I should I'm wondering if I should uh, because my stuff is well, actually no, it's fine. I'm I'm calling my stuff. I didn't want to do this. I wanted to be a very what's called a clean label, meaning that you know everything and the amounts that's in the stuff that you're taking. But I realized if I did that, I also have to patent it. Because I don't want anyone to just be able to make make it and then put it out, right? Right, right. So now I'm considering doing my early release under a proprietary formula, which means I don't have to actually, like according to the FDA, I don't actually have to disclose what's in it. I just uh-huh. have to disclose what's not in it. And and I'm subject to random audits and stuff like that, obviously. Um, but, but that's kind of my initial thoughts because it's like, I, I want to put this out but also I don't want to wait to secure a patent. So I want to secure a patent while I'm doing it. So I might push out a proprietary blend that'll be the same when I pivot, but I don't want to disclose the ingredients at the moment. Right. You know what I
1: mean? Yeah. I don't know. I've got a lot of stuff everywhere. It sounds like it sounds like you're all over the place. Yeah. I might, uh,
0: I don't know. I might need to pick your brain on, Staying focused, focusing, focusing. Focusing. Yeah, dude, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Perfect. Yeah. I'll, I want to, I want to, I think I've got a a lot of good things going right now, but I'm, I need to capitalize on all of them in the right way. Uh Does that make sense? Yeah. And not, not not take advantage of the position that I have right now with flow roll, not take advantage of the, like I have people who want to invest in big project idea number two, but I don't know the first fucking thing. Like I'm literally doing research into warehouses here in Phoenix. So <laughs>
1: I'm I'm kind of out of my depth. That's I, all right. It, you just need a big room, big room, big room. Yeah. I just need a big room. You just, how, how you just need a big room with the hose and you're good yeah. to go. <laughs> That's all you need.
0: Uh, that's a fair point, man. Well, anyways, you uh, you kind of brought it up earlier that you might not, but uh, you got anything to plug?
1: Uh, just follow me on social media at Elephant Scout. And yeah, that's what we got going on. Not a whole lot right now.
0: Sweet. is uh, all, of, all of Tucson Heat is out. Um, I'm trying to think what else. You got anything moving through, moving and grooving through uh, Amazon or anything else anyone can pick up?
1: Um. Yeah I mean all our short films are on Amazon Downshift's on Amazon Good Cop Mom Cop's on Amazon uh, Eddie Mommy's on Amazon So yeah there's some things on Amazon to check out If you'd like to check those out
0: Sweet give that a look Follow me on social media At tish- uh, Actually, Tish Mazza qu- have, have you been involved in this Clubhouse thing at all
1: uh, I downloaded it I listened for a day And then I gave up on it
0: Yeah somebody <clears throat> Maybe we should have a talk about this. Somebody, uh, one of my coworkers invited me to, um, to uh, join Clubhouse. And then they said, like, oh, yeah, you're, you're into podcasting and stuff. This would be perfect for you. And I was like, I don't see how this is perfect for me. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm, I'm still giving it a try. Like, I'm, I'm trying to not delete it because my first, like, after I spent a, an hour on it, I was like, ooh, I want to delete this.
1: It's it's um it's like you're eavesdropping into someone having a, a decent conversation, but also it's not permanent, so you can't go back and reference it ever again. Right. And, the, so the the
0: viability of it, I I don't really, I don't see.
1: Like uh, and and then Twitter started doing it. You can do Hangouts on Twitter now, and it's oh, just really? like, uh, I I'm trying to see the value in it, and I guess I could see how. Just hanging out and listening to people and being able to talk is a good idea because it's kind of right. like a Zoom thing, but just audio. But it's just like a phone call, like how about a phone call? I'm con- yeah. I'm, very, I'm confused by it, but I'm sure it. I don't think it's a thing anymore. I think it's dying.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so don't find me on Clubhouse, but find me anywhere else at Atish Mazish. Um,
1: I'm gonna follow you right now so I can see when you're on. <laughs> oh
0: God, yeah. I've got um, a couple interesting things in the works, but nothing to to formally speak of here. As you've probably heard on this episode, we've got some interesting things going on with Flow Roll. If you're a jiu-jitsu athlete or really any kind of athlete who wants to bring a greater mental edge to your game um, for right now, just find me at Mazish, but I would love to talk about, you know, what you specifically do, maybe bringing you on as a tester, maybe given you some product with let's let's chat let's talk about it find me at atishmazish until then uh you can find us next time here at ramen profitable